Well, hello and shalom. Shalom is a greeting and it is a declaration. So when you enter into someone's home, it's okay to say shalom. You're declaring that they will have peace in their house. And if you say shalom, shalom, that actually literally breaks down saying that the peace of God will destroy the chaos in the midst. And so you can declare shalom in the midst. Amen. I am thoroughly excited today. I have a special guest with me who's going to share some things with you about hope. You know, I've been speaking from 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, which reads, Now abides faith, hope, and love. And these three, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And the first day I spoke on love, and the greatest love is that the love that we can have for God. We cannot um, love, we need to love ourselves, we need to love God, amen. And so um, the greatest is lo the love of God, that unconditional love, agape love. And then we talked about faith. And then today we're going to talk about hope. And so I have a couple of scriptures that I want to read to you because I want to impart hope into your spirit because we need hope today. We need hope in God's word. We need hope in our situation. We need love. Without love, none of this will work. We need love and compassion. I think about the scripture that says Jesus Christ went about healing all of those that were sick. He was moved with compassion. And I thank God for compassion. And that's what we have to have one for another. In Romans 12 and 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Now, there's a difference. I, I mentioned to you the other day that we, in the English language, we use the word love for multiple things. But there is brotherly love, and this is the brotherly love that's uh, referred to in Romans 12 and 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honoring, giving preference to one another. Put your brother above yourself. Learn how to esteem your brother higher than you do yourself. Deny yourself and help one another. Amen? It goes on not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. You know, when you have hope, you can rejoice. When you don't have hope, you can't rejoice. And so hope is so very important. And it says, be patient in tribulation, continually, steadfastly in prayer. Look, my friends, this is a time that we all need to be praying. Diligent prayers. The word of God said, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we need to be praying fervent prayers. I, I have to say this just dropped, dropped in my spirit. I've been thinking about this all, all week long. But you know when um, the children of Israel were told to go into their house and put the blood on the doorposts and the lentils of their, of their home. He said go in the house 
and close the door until the death angel pass over. Look, I know that's Old Testament, but it's a sign of what's taking place today. Look, my friends, you need to go in your house and you need to close your door and you need to pray. Do some diligent prayer. Not that patty cake, patty cake, here I am. Now I lay me down to sleep, but have a, a, a posture of prayer. Lay prostrate on the floor. Get on your knees and intercede and pray until something happens. Push until something happens. Push until you give birth in the spirit. You look, the believers of God, we have the answer. We have the answer and God will drop it in our spirit. We can pray for the doctors and the nurses and, and the elderly. God said he will not um, put off the elderly in their old age. So pray, be kind, love one another. Amen. And there's one more scripture that I want to read. And then I'm going to have Apostle John who's here with me. I got a lot of people around me today. I'm so excited about it. But Psalm 33 and 18, it says, Behold, behold, embrace this. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Now, I have to say this. Now, most of you may know it, but we can't take it for granted that everyone knows what it means. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. He's not talking about, ooh, I'm scared of God. No, but reverence him. Reverence him in all that you do. Reverence him in all that you say. Because he is the only true and living God. He is the answer to the solution. So fear him. Reverence him. Respect him on those who hope in his mercy. Let me tell you, we need to cry out for the mercy of God today. And so we need to you know, hold on to hope. And it says to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. I mentioned to you the other day, so in the time of famine. You may not be working full time, that's okay. Whatever you have, sow it into, your, into the ministry, the man and the woman of God into your church because they still have expenses. And let me tell you, you cannot outgive God. You can't outbeat God giving. And so just because you're working part-time does not exempt you for, from giving. The church that we attend is closed, but we're going to send in our tithes. Thank God for, for the media where people can watch online and watch TV and they can hear the word of God through online um, and mainstreaming. But sow your tithes. I just wanted to put that in there. Nobody told me to say that, but I just wrapped in my spirit. And so Psalm 33, verse 20, it says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He is our shield. He is our protector. You know, the word of God says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the shield of faith. Yesterday I mentioned the scripture is to put on the garment of love. Isn't that amazing? Love is a garment. You're drenched in his garment. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trust in his holy name. His name is holy. It is holy. It is set apart. 
There is no other name where men can be saved except for in the name of Jesus, my God. Holy is his name. Let your mercy, O oh Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in man. Put your hope in God. And so Apostle John is getting ready to read Psalm 91, 1 through 6. And this is from the Passion Translation of the Word of God. Amen? All right. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of mm. God Most High. Mm. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me, and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his cover of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day, demonic danger will never trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. Wow, now that was potent. Each one of those words are containers, mm. and they contain the hope that we need today. Read, read all of Psalm 91. The first day I played the song, Psalm 91, that was sung by my sister. Beautiful rendition of singing the word. How many of you know we need to try and sing the word? It, it, it adds melody and rhythm to it. You put your voice print out in that atmosphere. I also said if you want a copy of it, because we do own the rights to it, um, let me know and I will be very excited to get it to you. So right now I'm going to bring on the line um, Rochelle from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who has an amazing testimony about hope. Rochelle, are you there? I'm here. All right. So Rochelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, um, of course, my name is Rochelle. I live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I um, am married. I have three adult children now. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, all adults. And so um, I guess going into my testimony, I wanted to share real quick, just since we're talking about hope, the the literal meaning of it, the dictionary says it's a feeling of expectation and yes. desire for a certain thing to happen. Yes. So that's powerful for, uh, to me because it's an expectation. It's just not a, a, just a pure emotion. So yes. um, going into my testimony, as you know, um, I am a liver transplant recipient now. 25 years ago, I had a liver transplant at that time. Um, the doctor said I wouldn't have more than six months to live without the transplant, and of course I got it. At that time, um, I wasn't serving the Lord either at all, but regardless, God had his hand on my life because I got my transplant. Um, and then, so 
you know, we dealt with that. I was 20 years old when I got my transplant, and I was already married as well. And um, at that time, the doctors said, you know, you're never going to have children. If you were to become pregnant, you will probably miscarry because transplant people, I mean, at that time, they didn't, they didn't know. But, you know, they said transplant people don't typically have children. And my grandmother was a Pentecostal pastor, so I knew of the Lord. I knew the Lord's power, I guess. And so I remember praying and praying um, for the Lord to give me a child. Growing up, all I ever, I used to say that I wanted to be a mother. That was what I wanted to be. And so a few years after my transplant, I became pregnant. And, you know, I God was so good in answering my prayer because I... I didn't have even morning sickness, nothing, no sickness, mm. no fatigue, nothing. I just had a really, a literally perfect pregnancy, and I delivered my healthy boy, and, um, you know, then I laughed because I, I always tell my husband, you know, God probably was tired of me asking for a child because I didn't <laughs> ask for the other two, but he gave me two more. <laughs> my God. So, you know, God is, God is just so good that way, and, um, you know, when I prayed for those children, I, I didn't pray and just think, well, maybe he'll do it, maybe he won't. I expected for it to happen. So, you know, I hoped and I expected that that was going to happen, and it did. My God delivered like he always does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's pretty amazing. And, and as the years went, you know, I had my transplant and all of that, and I ended up getting a couple of other diseases, autoimmune diseases, I guess, when you get one disease, supposedly you're prone to others. So... Um, fast forward in the years, and I, I ended up getting a couple of more autoimmune diseases, one of the intestines and one of the blood. And prior to being diagnosed with the blood disease, I I was really sick from my intestines, and um, I was just in terrible pain. This was probably about seven years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, So, and let, and Rochelle, let me ask you a question. Hold, hold that sure. thought. Put a pin in there. Were you okay. saved at this point? Yes. Okay. At this point, I was saved. I got saved, um, uh, let's see, my Jordan, my oldest, he was uh, like two because I had just given birth to Isaiah. So he was about two. I got saved in 99. Okay. Yeah. In 99, that's when I got saved. And um, yeah, and life changed. <laughs> life changed. And that's what happens when you accept Christ. And that hope and that faith and that love begins to operate in your life. Things change for you. Um, go ahead on. Okay. So going into when I was sick, um, so I was just in extreme pain. I, I tell this story specific because it was just a really powerful day for me. Um, I was just really sick and I, I told Jose, my husband, and I said, you know what? I need to go to the emergency room. I'm just in so much pain I can't take it anymore. So... He, take, he took me to the emergency room, and there was a lot of people there. Um, so we had to wait for a long time, and the pain just progressively got worse and worse to the point where it's real funny. It'll refer the pain. So I started to lose eyesight. I started to lose my hearing. Mm. Um, it was it was just something I've never experienced before. So I, I told Jose, I said, "You you have to tell the nurse. You have to take me back. Like something's really wrong." And, you know, so he did, and the, and the nurses took me back, and all I could do at that point, I was in so much pain, all I could do was recite scripture. I couldn't say a single other word. I was just, you know, reciting scripture. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You know, the devil, you're a liar. Just just all these things in the spirit. And um, so 
they, you know, they gave me something for pain and everything. And then eventually after the blood work came back, they ended up putting me in the intensive care unit because I guess I had lost half of the blood out of my body wow. and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So, um, they, they basically told my husband, you know, you need to bring your kids so that they can say goodbye to her. And, and they meant, you know, that I was going to die. Wow. Wow. And, okay. Hold, hold it there. You know, those that are watching by Facebook Live, um, and even those that are watching us through Mighty Wind Broadcasting Network, you know, text one of your friends, start a watch party, because you need to hear the rest of her story. I know we're not going to finish it today. Uh, we'll probably continue it on tomorrow. If you have questions, you know, text us. And, and I know Rochelle and I both, will be willing to answer those questions. You know, we met several years ago and I shared my book with her in my father's living room. And one of the things specifically is how I became a cancer overcomer. And so we had that bond as well as being believers in Christ. I'm sorry, start a watch party, let somebody else know about this so that they can hear this message of hope. Okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, you know, so, so he, like I said, uh, the doctor told Jose to bring the kids and so they can say bye to me, and they were actually going to airlift me over there to Mayo Clinic over there in Phoenix, where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, Jose brought the boys, and I just told them, I said, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to die. I know where my hope lies, you know, and I, and I think that the scripture, Psalm 71, 5, it says, for you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence. Woo, come on, girl, teach it. You know, since my youth, the Lord has always, you know, I haven't just gone through things in my house. Of course, life, you know, life happens, and, um, and God has been there through it all, even when I wasn't saved, when I didn't know you know, that he was in the midst, he was there. And so the doctors, they, they went ahead and airlifted me to Phoenix, and I told my husband, I said, you know, stay behind. Stay behind and with the kids because I know that they're worried, and I'll go. So I went over there by myself, and they started treating me, and that's when they diagnosed me with this blood disease that I have. Um, and they started me on a, a mild chemotherapy over there in Phoenix, and um, it was just, it was a lot, it was a lot to go through, it was around uh, Christmas time, hmm. and um, they, so they, they started me on the chemotherapy, and it started to work, they gave me blood transfusions, where here in my own state, they couldn't find blood for me, um, you know, God just delivered, and he came through, and they found the blood, and at that time, I had, I think it was three or four blood transfusions in the hospital there, and and my health just started started to turn around, and wow. I just—it was just—it's it was really nothing but God. And, and this this has happened, you know. That wasn't the only time that's happened. I mean, that's happened a few times with me, and you know, and and I'm just down on the scripture. You know, God said that with long life He will satisfy me, and Come I'm on. not satisfied yet. So yes, yes. Now, Rochelle, how long ago was this? What this particular incident? How long ago was this? That particular one, I think it was like seven, I believe it was like seven years ago now. Okay, okay. And how, how soon after that did we connect with each other? We connected before that, actually. We connected when I first, first went to the Mayo Clinic for treatment for my intestines. Right, right, okay. Mm -hmm. and, all right, so go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I just yeah. want people to have a time frame uh, uh, about how long because when you're hoping in God, it doesn't always happen right then and there. You know, no. just like the woman with the issue of blood, she had seen all kind of doctors, okay? But it wasn't until she pressed her way through and she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, she knew she would be healed. And so you had to press to touch. So go ahead. Exactly. That's, that's so good because I, I sometimes I believe that as believers, we'll just sit there and, and just wait for God to do it. But faith without works is dead. We have to do our part as well. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, you have to, you have to ad advocate for yourself. And that's, that's what I did. And, you know, and this, so the time frame, when you're talking time frame, this was after we had met you and after, if you remember, I was at your, your house and then my, my appendix burst, it was yes. after that as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, we, yes. yes. We've seen you come through. Go ahead. Yeah. So many things. So, you know, we went through that. We went through the chemo and then they, they, they ended up sending me home and I was just blessed because at that time we were, we were financially strapped too because of all my health stuff and I wasn't working and. It was a really difficult time for us, and so at that time, I was a football mom for, you know, one of my children, and, and we didn't know that the insurance doesn't pay to fly you back. They'll fly you wherever you need to go, but they don't fly you back. <laughs> so, you know, we were like, what do we do? And, and so then, um, you know, God was so good because I prayed in the hospital. I said, you know, God, make a way because Jose couldn't drive out at the time, and we didn't know what to do, and, and one of the parents from the football team he, he bought me a plane ticket. Not only that, he got me VIP. I sat in the front. They took me by wheelchair. They took me off. I mean, it was just, you know, when God does things, he does things, you know, VIP style, which is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Rochelle, I'm going to have to stop it right here. Will you come back tomorrow and finish your testimony? Of course. Okay. I thank you. This has been tremendously encouraging. Because there are so many need to know that God is a God that still heals today. This is not something in the past, but we have to do our part. I started out this week by saying, um, what have we forgotten about what matters? And what matters is God's love. What matters is God's faith, the, the, um, the faith of God. The uh, and hope as we see hope these things are so important don't get caught up in so many other things that you forget about these three very powerful very potent um, things which is faith hope and love and the greatest one is love aren't you glad that God loves you you know I love you and make sure you be kind to someone um, this week. Let them know that you love them. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. If you know of an elderly person that needs help, go shopping for them. Send them a note. Call them up and encourage them because fear will paralyze. And we don't need any of us to be operating in fear today, but we need to operate in the hope and the love of God. I love you. Be encouraged. And shalom, shalom. God bless.